1: Welcome to another episode of Kotaku Split Screen. It's November 3rd, 2016. My name is Kirk Hamilton, and as always, we have got a great show for you this week. It is video games all the way down this week as we try to hit as many of the games that we've been playing as possible. We talk about Skyrim Special Edition. We hit Titanfall 2, which has one of the best single-player campaigns of the year, unexpectedly. We'll talk a bunch about Final Fantasy XV, which Jason has played many hours of. We'll talk about House of the Dying Sun, a little bit more about Mafia 3, which I've started to like more than I initially did. We'll do some reader questions, talk about NFL, Roombas, politics, and more. It's going to be a fun show as always, so we hope you stick around. We're back for another episode of Kotaku Split Screen. It is November 2016, almost time for Thanksgiving. Jason Schreier is back from sabbatical. Hey there, Jason. How's it going? I guess I really I was back last week, so this is just me being actually back at work. Right. You're, I'm actually back at work. You were on Sabbatical, but taking but still gracing us with your presence on the podcast, despite the fact that you were not your presence was not needed in the office. Exactly. And I've
0: I still don't really feel like I'm back at work because I've been sick all mm-hmm. week and staying home, so I haven't actually
1: been in the office yet. Um, so It's kind of nice, know. is it like you're kind of, e- I mean, being sick sucks, I guess, but you're kind of easing your way back into the workflow. No, not at all. I'm not easing into
0: anything. I'm just kind of
1: feeling <laughs> yeah, you're actually disgusting all day. For... <laughs> you arrived on Sunday, I think, and we're already posting news stories to Kotaku, so That's you also true. didn't really ease in in that way. It was just, bam, right back at it.
0: That's true. Being sucks, man. I, or being sick sucks. I went to the doctor yesterday Mm -hmm. and they took my blood and. There's nothing worse than having your blood taken. I was just sitting there and like, well, like it, they, they stick a needle yeah. in your in your fucking vein, and well, no, first they put the strap around your your bicep mm-hmm. like you're sh- about to shoot heroin or mm-hmm. something, and then they stick the needle in, and they you just feel like just blood getting sucked out of it, you. It's, it's a like weird feeling. Yeah, it's like hanging out with Peter Thiel. It's just like <laughs> you're you're you just feel like you're being drained, um, like emotionally and, yeah, feel, and
1: actually, your blood is being drained. For exactly. eternal life.
0: No, I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty sick. I've been pretty rough this week, but hopefully, I'm back on the upswing. I might have to take antibiotics or something, but still, still can come back for good old split screen.
1: Nice. Well, should should we do our uh, should we do our our daily our or weekly regular features?
0: Yeah. So last week, uh, I believe I picked the Titans over the Colts, and the Titans won. Mm-hmm. Right? Wasn't that last week? I, I think don't that was remember. <laughs> Was it last week? I'm trying to remember. I think so. No, 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 no. Last week I picked the Chiefs over the Colts and the Chiefs won. Nice. This week I am going to pick the Denver Broncos getting a point and a half over the Oakland Raiders, who do not handle success very well and are kind of an immature team and will not be able to score against the Broncos'
1: defense. That's all for me. Nice. That's our NFL pick. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to Kotaku Split Screen. Uh, review us on iTunes. <laughs> um, did you, Kirk? Did you watch the baseball game? I I, I didn't. I I didn't really have a method to watch it, so I watched it on Twitter, which was okay. pretty fun. So You just watched um,
0: people's reactions to it.
1: Yeah, I, and I was refreshing a sort of a Google uh, feed that had the score. Uh, it was crazy, man. Yeah, I wish I'd watched it. I wish I'd gone somewhere and watched it.
0: It's it was yeah, it was crazy. I I mean, I'm not a baseball fan, but this was worth watching yeah. Um, just because a lot of I won't recap the whole thing a lot of crazy things happened but basically the Cubs were up the whole time and then the Indians kind of tied it and it was about to go into extra innings but then there was a rain delay and they mm-hmm. started bringing tarp out and mm-hmm. covering the whole field it was ridiculous mm-hmm. first of all it's ridiculous that they can't play a little baseball and oh a little rain a little rain <laughs> hurt the baseball boys uh, <laughs> but uh, second of all it was ridiculous because of the timing and the circumstances. This is just crazy.
1: Yeah, so I've I've I, I know that guy tweeted a perfect prediction of this, and said that the world would end in the extra inning. So does that mean that the world ended and now we're in purgatory or something, and we just don't know it yet?
0: No, it means the world's going to end next week after the presidential election. (laughs) Right. Oh, this is our last episode of split screen before President Trump. Before uh, it all just comes comes crashing down and there's no more infrastructure,
1: internet, and everything falls apart. Oh, man. It's been a good run. It's
0: been a good run. Good times. Um, Don't forget
1: to vote. So the Roomba report is very limited because I didn't use my Roomba this week. Does that mean I still have to do a Roomba report? It's just kind no, of been that's sitting your there report. At stock. It seems That's the report. That's I didn't the report. The it thing. seems bummed out. We'll see yeah, next your, week how your, it does. Your
0: house is dirty because yes, you didn't use a Roomba report. Pretty much. All right. Well, that's it. Let's move uh, on to the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we have a lot of video games to talk about. Man. We do. There are a lot it's of video games It's funny because this out. is such a shitty year for everything except video games. Right. It's kind of been great. I've been really stressed out by the election, but it's been pretty great that there are so many video games to play and distract myself with every night. Yeah. Um, I value that quite a bit. Yeah.
0: What do you want to talk about first? I don't know,
1: man. You want to start with Skyrim? Let's do Skyrim first.
0: Yeah. Well, so the Skyrim remaster came out last week. hmm uh, it's basically just a visually overhauled version. Uh, they didn't even improve the frame rate or anything. It's just kind of a isn't fresh coat of paint isn't thing. Is
1: it 30 FPS on consoles? I was trying to figure that out. I think so.
0: I mean, there are hitches once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I've been playing 60. a little bit. No, it's not 60. I I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I always find it hard to tell by eye unless I'm Mm -hmm. comparing it directly to something else. Um, But from what I can tell, no. Mm -hmm. So I've been playing a bunch. Uh, it's, It's funny. I picked it up last week. Or, yeah, I picked it up last week. I started playing a little bit the other day and I... Oh, I did the whole intro thing where you're escaping uh what's it called? Helgen. Mm-hmm. And then
1: I got on the world and I was like,
0: Oh right, this is why I've played a yeah. hundred
1: hours of this friggin' game. It's funny how bad the intro is, right? I replayed the intro and was just even compared to I think to Fallout Four or, the writing is so wooden and crappy in the beginning. There's it's well, just it's these, short. It is, but it's bad and awkward and just really it's the kind of thing where and I actually kind of remember Um, I don't know how well you remember the first time you played Skyrim, but I remember playing the game and being really disappointed initially. Because it had been so hyped and everyone had said it was going to be so good. And then I started it. And the beginning is so awkward. And it's these just bad animations and the writing is very just... We are the rebellion, and uh-huh. we are getting taken. Like he just they just say everything that's happening in this really like clumsy expository way, and the whole scene where the guy runs away and the archers shoot him—it's just not very cool. And then the dragon shows up, and that's kind of cool. And then, of course, you yeah, you're set loose in the world, and then the real appeal of the game arrives. Which is just walking in any direction and finding interesting things. It's funny,
0: I played the first time, I do remember the first time I played Skyrim because I played it at a Bethesda press event um, when I was at Wired and before Bethesda started blacklisting me and hating me for <laughs> was forever and ever and ever, these um, were the
1: salad days, long time ago.
0: Yeah, so I guess it was like October of 2011 or September. 2000, it was right before the game came out. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they just had everyone come in and they put you in front of a monitor and they were like, "You can play for three hours." And I was like, "I've never done a preview like this where yeah. it was they actually let you play a game for that long." Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild. I remember doing like old diary of my experiences, but. The, the first time I played it because it was in, under those circumstances they actually do they let you out right after the intro ends oh, okay. in the preview build so it's right as soon as you step into the world of Skyrim and you can just go anywhere nice. so that was my first experience with it I didn't even have to do the intro or mm-hmm. anything like that mm-hmm. um but yeah,
1: man, it's it's still, intro aside, it's still a ridiculous game. It is. It has a lot. It, it That feeling of being overwhelmed uh, in that first town in Riverton where there's like three or four side quests that you can do there if you kind of get involved with the populace or you can keep on going to Whiterun. I played mm-hmm. through that section and just it was this real reminder of how much stuff there is in the game. I found it's interesting. I, I'm playing it on PC and um, sort of think that the new version is not as good as the modded version that I had been playing. Um, just because, really? Yeah, because the Sky UI uh, mod, which is this u- user interface mod, it's really this amazing mod that totally overhauls uh, how the entire interface works. Um, that doesn't work yet with the new, or at least when I was playing it didn't work. They might have made it work already. So you have to use the original UI, which is just terrible for a mouse and keyboard on PC. uh uh-huh. Um, And it looks good. It definitely looks better than the vanilla PC version did. But you can mod Skyrim at this point to make it look pretty much as good as it Yeah, that's weird.
0: So why don't all the old PC mods work with the new version?
1: Uh, I I don't know the technical reason. It's something to do with the... um, There's like a script extender that you have to install. I -hmm. could totally be wrong on this also, Um, so apologies if I am. But I believe the script extender that you use which basically allows a variety of more fundamental mods to work including mm-hmm. sky ui and a couple of other kind of big ones uh, does not yet work yeah there's this kind of weird ecosystem where they're all yeah. just linked together and you have to install them all right it's that really that thing that script extender is the big thing and i i'm pretty sure that still doesn't work yet on the new um, the new game
0: I haven't even played around with mods. I'm playing it on PS4, and I haven't even tried. because There's, <laughs> like, no
1: mods on PS4 well, anyway. Well, that's the
0: thing. Yeah, I look through the library, and it's, like, cheats and yeah, extra
1: inventory space and stuff yeah. like that. I always... I mean, I honestly, like, generally with Bethesda games, I like the more... Um, Chill mods, mods that sort of make things look a little cooler or slightly add hardcore elements to it. But I don't usually use those really wild mods that add whole new followers or storylines or do like really fundamental changes. Well, I to the wanted game.
0: to check out some of the ones that yeah. added like new worlds and stuff. Like, what, what was that one that was made by one guy who then got a job at Bungie? It's um, called like Falcar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Falcar.
1: Yeah, that sounds Foulcar. right. Foulscar. Yeah, like I would have mm-hmm. loved to
0: check that out, but it's not a PS4. I
1: find sometimes with mods, what happens though is that I'll install them and then won't play much more of them and then we will move to a new computer or reinstall the game and my save file won't work anymore because save files mm. get attached to the mods that you use them with so I actually try to limit it only because of that it, it winds up I think if I were going to play in like a long you know really play through the whole game again I would take the time to install a whole bunch of mods but yeah. I'm probably never going to do that. You don't I, think you, know. you are? No I I'm considering an, it. But I played enough I, so I played through that first uh, dungeon that you go to uh-huh. um that the jarl of uh, windhelm sends you to where you you know you go up next to to is it river run is that the town you go up that mountain yeah the Bleakall, bleak Fall yeah Bleak barrow. falls barrow and that yeah. dungeon is kind of a drag it kind of reminded me how uh some of the dungeons in that game just go on a little bit too long it's mm-hmm. just room after room after room full of the Draugr zombies and I kind of i was I was feeling anxious like uh impatient by the end of it and sort of thinking oh okay this game is sort of a lot of just these dungeons that you go through and but you clear don't have out. to do any of them you can just go from city to city and just like do yeah other I mean, random I, stuff yeah like
0: my my plan for this is not to like, go and beat the main quest and like go through everything it's just to go and do random yeah. shit all throughout mm-hmm. the world and that's true be like oh what are some things i missed the first time i played mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like I, that's the reason i bought the game um, so I can go in and find things that I hadn't found before. That's what I was asking, and I'm very curious if there's like a really good guide online somewhere that's that just details the things you have to see or the things you can't miss things in Skyrim. Missed, yeah. yeah, I've been looking around a little bit. I haven't found anything good about that, but I'd be very curious to see one. If you know of one, feel free to send it my way.
1: Yeah, it's uh anyway though, yeah, cool game. Um uh archery game, is, yeah, I'm glad archery they brought it back to spectrum. Yeah, Archery is it, I, I yeah, archery like, is, just like it doesn't do enough damage. Yeah, well I always sneak and I'm just like a merciless like, I exploit the stealth system because there are all these ways that you can kind of mm-hmm. rehide yourself in plain sight and then get the sneak attack bonus and just one shot almost anything. And that's usually yeah. kind of how I play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they did it. I also just went on my PS4 and pre ordered Dishonored 2 because mm-hmm. if you pre order it, you get it a day <laughs> Daily, early. yep. And, obviously, we're going to be covering it, and Bethesda won't send us codes. Mm-hmm. I guess now Bethesda won't send anyone codes, so we're all on the same well, boat no, now. no, Bethesda
1: won't send anyone advanced codes, right? That's actually a distinction right. with that discussion that I think was worth making. Yeah, but who cares if they send you day-of codes? Well, th- so there was some talk about how it hurts freelancers to not have advanced codes because freelancers have to buy the games themselves, but that wasn't really what they said. I think they'll still send people review codes. Oh yeah, but
0: who cares about freelancers? I, mean, I was thinking oh, I just about like saw
1: some of the discussion about it. And the discussion. I
0: was thinking of like the gamers' perspective because I've seen a lot of like oh yeah, random people online just being like oh this sucks because we're not going to get reviews on time, and for that from that perspective it doesn't matter if is sending out free copies. Right. On lunch day or not right. um, but regardless I ju- I, as I was saying I just pre-ordered Dishonored 2 and it turns out if you pre-order Dishonored 2 at least on PS4 I didn't know this before you get uh, a free copy of Dishonored
1: on PS4 oh. so I might download that and poke around in that a little bit in school for some reason have remember hearing that the next gen Version of Dishonored was disappointing in some way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that too. I mean, it's actually, a, I remember it's an that. awesome game. So I don't know,
1: like, unless it's broken, I, I yeah, uh, it's. I feel like maybe it just isn't the sort of. 60 fps pc version that people were hoping
0: right it isn't yeah it just didn't live up to what people mm-hmm. wanted from it um but yeah but i'm still curious to go check it out because uh that game is fucking amazing that's, yeah that, that's one of the, the best games of the last generation yeah to be i've sure. replayed
1: a few of the levels in that game and the best levels the you know the costume party and the um mm. the the um brothel i guess the bathhouse those are yeah they're really good i'm um Really excited for the sequel. So uh, yeah, I hope it's good, man. I hope it's really good, man. So, I'm sure it will be. So, um, speaking of really good single player campaigns, uh, Titanfall Two has got a really yeah. good, a really good. Yeah, everyone's campaign. raving
0: about that, but I haven't. I don't. I haven't read anything about it, so I want you to try to sell it to me. Okay, well, and so see
1: if you can talk me into playing it. So it's um, I mean, so did you play Titanfall One? Uh, no. Oh, okay, so I mean, it's it's the the same fundamentals as Titanfall One. In terms of how the game plays, so you, it's really plays really well. It's a really fast-moving game where you're—it's like a parkour game with really tight shooting, and it has so it just physically feels great to play. Like I would say, on par with or better than Destiny, the the physical controls—it's maybe the best controlling first-person shooter I've ever played on console. Um, okay. probably because it's 60fps, it's or it's really like responsive, really fast. So it has so those are the that's the basics and then you also sometimes drive a giant robot suit that then it goes into you know it becomes much slower and you're much bigger and you have a huge gun. So um, are you playing on PS4 or PC? Uh, PS4. Uh, okay. I, I yeah, I played Titanfall on both and found that the Titanfall on there were more online games like more multiplayer bigger community on PS4. So I decided mm-hmm. to get it on PS4 plus people we know play on PS4. Okay. Um sorry there's a uh, someone like doing yard work outside so it goes um i doubt anyone can even hear it okay well now they know that it's happening uh if yeah, i sound like mean, do you want to tell us more about the yard work what, are, yeah, what are it sounds doing? like a it's probably a leaf blower because leaf blowers are big here in portland oregon uh-huh. um okay so and how, uh, does it, how does it compare to titanfall, 2? <laughs> it's, titanfall 2 is much better so anyways I don't know why I wasn't expecting much from the single-player campaign, because remember, the first game didn't have a single-player campaign, and that was sort of a knock against it. Even though the multiplayer was really good, it was at the time this sort of anomalous $60 multiplayer-only game. And there was a story, but the story played out in these weird cutscenes that happened during... Uh, multiplayer games which was actually a pretty cool idea but it wasn't executed very well and it just wound up feeling like there was all this chatter going on while you were trying to focus on not getting killed and you just I just couldn't keep track of anything and didn't really care. So the sequel it basically just feels like a do-over like Titanfall 1 again and the campaign is totally awesome. Um it it is uh you it's really on a big level really basic. It's just like a sci-fi, whatever. There's like an evil corporation and you're the frontier like freedom fighters and you're fighting against them. But um, it is basically just a bunch of really cool ideas tied together by a story that actually gets the job done. So it feels like they kind of told... Ideas like what? So... Um, different ways of remixing the the fact that when you're not in the Titan, you're really fast and can move really quickly and platform. And when you're in the Titan, you stomp around and blow stuff up. So levels will be these kind of really clever platforming, like mixture of sort of platforming and wall running and you're like shooting through really hazardous areas and the floor is lava and you're jumping and you're up on pipes and then you're coming around and then suddenly you're getting attacked from like three different places by robots and you have to like jump around and keep moving and shoot them. And you know, like I said before, the game feels really good and plays really well, so that's just fun. Mm -hmm. And then, there's some stuff I don't want to spoil, but it starts with that baseline, and then it adds some mechanics that are crazy. Um, there's, There's a section in this game that I'm going to write about, there's one level that's the level that I think everybody talks about, that when it happens, you kind of realize, like, holy shit, this isn't just you know some patched on single player version of the multiplayer this is a whole crazy thing um it's just it adds this mechanic that lets you fundamentally change the world around you as you play seamlessly, and you're, it's just wild. Can you be more specific? I don't want to spoil mechanic? it. Um, yeah, but there. So it does that a few times. It adds a few really cool new tools or mechanics that then go on top of the sort of platforming and shooting that you're doing. And it's just because the platforming is so good, it just feels like an environmental game as much as a combat game. And really just the whole thing feels very Valve-y. Um, there's one level early on, I don't mind spoiling this, there's a level early on where you're sort of making your way through this huge factory and you get separated from your robot and so he's talking to you over your comms and telling you how to get to him and where he is but you're on your own and you start and you're kind of on these these like plates like these big uh, rectangular plates that are getting moved from sort of place to place in this huge factory. And you just sort of, it just feels like it, it. you don't really know what they're making. But then gradually, the machines start adding furniture to the big plates that you're on, and then walls, and then soon you start mm-hmm. to realize that these big plates are being turned into sort of like a suburb almost, or like houses are being constructed by this huge machine. And as you go, you're kind of jumping from place to place and you watch the these buildings get built around you. And then they start turning and you're sort of platforming through them like at one point you're standing in this this half constructed house and then it turns on its side and you have to kind of climb up the furniture sideways to get out so it's all these like it's a really cool level and it feels very Valvey, like, both aesthetically because you're in this big factory, which is sort of like, it feels like Portal. But then also, Justin, there's this clever storytelling going on where you don't really know why these houses are being built, but you're going through this whole crazy factory. And the whole game is full of that kind of thing. Like, it's a really thoughtful, good game. And it's directed by the same guy, I believe his name is Steve Fukuda, who directed Modern Warfare and Call of Duty 2 and Modern Warfare 2. Like, some of those really legendary single player campaigns and this just feels like those same people doing new ideas and doing something new As a
0: professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com/metaverseimpact Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: It's great, man. It's like it's short, it's like five hours long, but just waste no time. Just new idea, new idea, new idea. Cool thing, cool thing, cool thing, and, and uh, it's great. And then the multiplayer is awesome as well. Um, interesting. How yeah. does it compare to like Doom or Wolfenstein or other it's, other uh, big single player? It's things? interesting. It's different. It's, it's definitely more in the vein of Modern Warfare, where it's very scripted and restrictive. It's not, um, you know, it's short, and it really just it's just very entertaining. It just feels like an action movie. It's not really profound Mm. or anything. Like Wolfenstein is much longer and involved and had all this stealth stuff and and more systemic stuff happening and this sort of really involved story that was pretty good where the actual story of Titanfall 2 is not anything to write home about even though by the end i didn't really like the banter between my character and the robot and i liked the robot but it's it's pretty it's all that's all pretty routine it's more that the the action the set pieces and the the levels themselves are really cool this makes a good segue into
0: a question that we got from our pal at deadspin patrick redford yeah patrick um let me read this real quick sure Patrick says, I'm a video game idiot who just bought a PS4. Thank you, Jason. I've spent most of my time tooling around in The Witcher 3 and playing Inside in advance of Halloween. I love The Witcher and want to play the Skyrim remaster, but I'm uncomfortable in first person, and I've never played an FPS or any other game where you play from the perspective of your character outside Mm -hmm. of uh, an utterly confusing 45 minutes of Fallout 4. (laughs) I want to get into the world of first person gaming so I can play Overwatch, etc., but I don't know where to start. Can you recommend some relatively simple first person Games for me to get a sense of the mechanics of
1: first-person gaming. I would say Portal Two, uh, yeah, mm, or Portal. It's funny, like I would, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Like I've, I, so I, I used to teach, you know, at a high school. I taught jazz at this high school, and I would, I was also really into getting. I was sort of evangelizing games to the faculty, and I remember there were a lot of people in the faculty there who had not played first-person games or video games, and I wanted them all to play Portal too because I think especially for teachers, like, that game teaches in a very interesting way. And I remember mm-hmm. that game, I thought of it as a pretty simple first-person game, but it was way beyond um, people who weren't familiar or comfortable with first-person. Um, interesting. Because there's yeah. stuff that you do... Do they have in trouble with that's... the two joysticks thing? That's yeah, and how so you have cool to, about. sometimes you have to reorient your aim in midair, or mm. you just have to kind of chrome yourself through these... Maps. So it's a it's not to get your corona on. corona ca- <laughs> You gotta corome. Gotta corome.
0: Gotta corome um, your way too.
1: Um I would actually say also that the wit two games from this year, the Witness and Firewatch are both games that like like are anything that's like that, like Oh yeah, the, the witness of, is a good one. The, like the games that don't have Amanda a lot of direct actiony yeah. gameplay. Yeah, the witness is just walking around and looking at things. Where so the first person is very limited. But um, that has made a few people motion sick. So it depends how your what your tolerance. Yeah, is but like. if you want to get used to like a PS4 yeah. two thumb stick first person, that's a good one. Plus that's an awesome game. Um, yeah, it also awesome. helps that it's one of the best games of the year. Yeah. So you know that. But then also um, any of those sort of. Uh, like uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture would also be a good one like a game that doesn't have a ton so an exploration firewatch, the sort of yeah exploration games that don't have a lot of action gameplay but just let you walk around would be cool and those are all pretty cool
0: yeah That's like a suggestion. I actually I don't think Skyrim is that bad uh from as like a first person introduction especially because if you feel like you need to orient yourself you can just press a button the right joystick on PS4 to just and zoom to third out third and yeah. look at It's kind of janky in third it, person Yeah, that, and but. well in
1: both and in first person even the combat is a little little haywire with, with like the melee combat when you're behind a shield and stuff is all a little bit a little jumpy that's true so i don't know that i would say maybe do that after doing something that doesn't have any combat in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay patrick hope that
0: helped otherwise feel free to email us again yes. and just a reminder <laughs> to everyone that you can reach us at split screen at kotaku.com um so the other game that i've been spending a lot of time with is final fantasy 15 mm. uh about time right square sent me as i mentioned the other day square sent me a preview built with the first five chapters so that's like
1: a sort of just this like little under the radar indie puzzle puzzler right is what i gather yes. about it it's yes it's sort of a, a good game. joke mm-hmm.
0: good good joke kirk do you want to do you want to keep trying mm. do you want to keep keep throwing out genres
1: it's sort of a it's, it's like a, a, a sort of a nice like simulator. roguelike sort of procedurally generated rhythm, like
0: it's a rhythm game
1: it's like a it's like a steam survival sort of a survival outer space kind of a
0: deal right and <laughs> that'd be could you imagine a final fantasy that was like a steam outer space survival game <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just picturing have like to...
1: ark survival evolved but with like JRPG hair on all the dinosaurs so. yeah
0: well yeah the dinosaurs all look like <laughs> Cloud and Tifa. Um, yes uh final fantasy 15 so as i mentioned the other day square sent me one of those like a preview build mm-hmm. that i hooked up to this ps4 debug kit in here and i played like 10 hours 12 hours of the game it's pretty good dude it's dude, pretty good yeah pretty, I, had, pretty I had heard good. it
1: was good from my, i just skimmed a couple previews that said it was good and then hearing you say it's good is even more promising so what is good about it how is it good So it's I really
0: like the rhythm of the combat and Mm -hmm. the way that it challenges you and makes you roll around and actually pay attention to timing and stuff like that. Um, You can play it in kind of a spammy way where you just mash the buttons, but that's not really effective and will wind up in losing a lot, especially if you're playing on the normal difficulty because it's surprisingly tough. Oh, nice. yeah and and enemies like there's some really tough enemies that I would just be rolling around and like in a dungeon and it's like oh shit I just saw a mind flare like I'm
1: screwed um noctis's main did you play any of the demos i forget not really i played a little bit of the one where you i don't remember what it, which one it was called where you're little and you're running where you're little the yeah
0: that's i don't know why they released that because that has nothing to do with the main game and yeah. playing noctis as noctis as a kid is so like uh, just does not reflect at all how he plays as an adult and it's way worse than playing as an adult so mm. really they just shot themselves in the foot by releasing Weird. that demo yeah um but yeah, so the coolest thing you can do as Noctis is this ability called Warp Strike where you throw your ability, your sword at someone. We've talked about this before. You throw your yeah, sword I've at someone and I think then you, you put a gif teleport of it, on to the it.
1: Site or something.
0: And using that, there's kind of a rhythm that you have to do where you have this MP meter that and using Warp Strikes and like dodging and evading um, costs MP and when you run out of MP, you get kind of staggered and you can't do anything for a couple of seconds. So you have to avoid getting into that stasis it's called stasis period. Mm-hmm. So you can warp to like a nearby nearby ledge by holding down the warp button um, to kind of escape from your situation, and then hang out there and restore your MP and your health, and then jump back into the fray. So there's a lot of kind of like dodging around and worrying in, around the uh, battlefield in
1: combat. Do you you control everybody in your party? You can switch around between them, or no, do you only control No, Noctis? only Noctis.
0: Oh, you only okay. control Noctis. Um, the way that it works is well, for starters, you can your your opponent your BFFs, uh, Mm -hmm. your three bros are always attacking with you. Yeah. And you can do, if you press L1, you can select like a co op. Uh, ability with them which is based on a meter that charges gradually throughout combat so like you can team up with Gladio to use his tempest strike where he just slams some dudes and then you press the button to come and do a combo with him Um, and then they'll also kind of help you randomly throughout battle like if you lose all your hit points you kind of have to either use an item on yourself or get to one of your friends who can help you up there's a lot of that sort of cooperative Mm -hmm. stuff Where, and also a lot of it is about this mechanic Kind of called blindside, which is basically a, you have to hit enemies from behind, and if you do, then you'll get a bonus damage and you can stagger them. Mm-hmm. And if you hit someone from behind, sometimes you can get a co-op attack with one of your bros who will also jump in and hit them from behind. So you're only controlling yourself, but you have to kind of work with the Got AI it. teammates to to get shit done. But that's only part of it. The combat is only like a small right, part. Right. Like I what guess makes my that's good. my
1: other question is okay. Like I get that it's an action RPG and there's a lot of combat, but what exactly? is is Like, what else is there? What, what, yeah, is so game? I mean, I don't know, it, it's kind of Witcher inspired, it's it
0: feels very Witcher 3 inspired. You're speaking my language, that, Go on. okay? So, there's a main quest, right? And the main quest is basically, um, At risk of spoiling things. This is like stuff that happens in the first hour of the game, so whatever. Basically, you leave the city and you're, at first, you're on a road trip to go take Noctis to meet this girl Luna, who he's betrothed to, and they're supposed Mm -hmm. to get married. But then, in the first hour of the game, you find out that the city that you left, your crown city, has been attacked, and the Empire has attacked it. So you kind of have your meltdown as Noctis. Noctis has a, a breakdown, and then you guys eventually decide that you're going to go out and help noctis like collect all these ancient swords and weapons from kings in the past line Mm -hmm. and go and talk to the gods which are the big summoning monsters and basically he wants to go out and and restore his power so he can take the throne back got it um that's the gist of it and to do that there are a bunch of different main quest lines like i'm at this point now where i have to go get my car back from a facility of empire people and there's like a stealth mission that i had to go through but you can you're in the car most of the time and you can drive around and do side quests and explore and find random dungeons. Like I found this random dungeon that when I went into it, it was like, it gave me a quest for level 50, destroy this boss at the bottom of the dungeon. But I was like level eight. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I got (laughs) to come back back here later. Um, So there's a lot of stuff in the world that you can find that is interesting and, Mm -hmm. uh, will distract you from the main point. There's a lot of stuff to do outside of the main plot. Um, So the basic rhythm of it is you get in your car, and you drive around, and you go to a quest here, and then they might say, go pick up this thing here, and you go pick up this thing here, or go kill this monster here. it's pretty standard like It's pretty standard open world stuff. The things that are really interesting to me are, first of all, the banter between the four bros Mm -hmm. is actually surprisingly charming and endearing. At least it is to me. Mm -hmm. Other people, people who aren't as much into weird JRPG stuff (laughs) might not be as affected by it, he, I really like it. You mean Steven
1: Totillo will not
0: be shot. Yeah, basically. No, he might he might like I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But so you played Final Fantasy 13. In Final Fantasy 13, it's basically the plot unfolds via a, a series of cutscenes. Yeah. So you walk a few steps, see a cutscene, walk a few steps, fight a battle, walk a few steps, see more see more cutscenes. Well, and and, if this... I recall, and
1: you don't even see your character the other characters in your party in Final Fantasy 13, right? Don't you just see your make, oh, when like you're one walking, character yeah. when you're walking. Well, around. Well, that's the standard like, in JRPGs and a lot of JRPGs. That's pretty. Yeah, standard. but in Fifteen, but it yeah. sounds like it's not that way. In 15, no, in Fifteen, right? it's right. totally different. Is yeah, cool. in
0: Fifteen, it's it's a lot more like like high production values. Everything's yeah. very realistic. But here's the really cool thing: is that a lot of the plot and the character development unfolds during the banter, like when you're driving around and when mm-hmm. you're walking around. So I got to a point where I had defeated Titan, right, and that was the boss battle we saw at E3 this year. And the yeah. demo they did on stage was kind of a clunky yeah. demo. <laughs> yeah. It's better in, when you actually play it. Um, so the the plot was basically like Noctis was having all these headaches because the Titan was trying to communicate with him, blah, 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 whatever. But a lot of the stuff that happened and like his reactions to it and the party's reactions to the headaches happened kind of organically as I was driving around the party members would ask him what was cool. going on that, that's really different yeah and from so like so like yeah exactly it's, it's very unlike other Final Fantasy games because it's it's kind of ballsy of them because it, it risks you not paying attention or not seeing any of the stuff and not understanding the plot so like at one point we met this character named Getziana or something like that and there was no explanation of who she was she just said some vague shit about the gods and being a messenger and whatnot and then afterwards as you're driving around uh, someone is like oh who was that and someone else is like oh well she's a messenger of the gods oh weird a messenger of the gods and it, it's they like that. that it, is yeah. the way that it yeah. explains it through kind of organic Natural banter, it's which funny is really
1: cool. I think about the the JRPG way of doing things, like the classic JRPG way, which is usually a lot. I'm trying. I feel like I've seen this in a lot of games where you know you control the one character, but then there are times where they'll stop and they'll break up into the and everybody becomes visible, and then they sort of have a conversation, and then they yep. all go back into the one character and you walk around, which yeah. is. A cute and a very specific rhythm to a JRPG, but it sounds like now they're they finally kind of moved on to what most games do now, where you they just have conversations because they're all visible all the time, which is
0: yeah. But I don't even know if most games do this, like, this is feels like it's doing game, it's doing something that I haven't seen many. It's like what Dragon
1: Age does, right? Bioware games do that, where there's banter that you know. That but even that
0: things. is like I don't know. But Bi- Bioware games, it feels more like they'll stop and be like they'll pull you aside and start talking to you, or no, like, like in
1: Dragon Age, they, there was just banter in the world. It's just that. But, it but this is plot specific. Exactly, games, it was a little okay. different because in Bioware games, you don't always have the same party. So, right. you know, people just. I mean, there are. I guess there are plot specific banter moments but a lot of it is just sort of color character color and stuff. But yeah, but no, they were definitely inspired by Bayarar because there are also
0: there are also some moments like I stopped at a hotel and like expected so the way the rhythm of the sleeping is like in order to level up you have to go make camp or rest somewhere mm-hmm. and also uh to restore your max health. And I'm not going to get into like the nitty gritty of the health system, but basically you have to rest once in a while to, to get your characters up to, uh, to snuff. And so I stopped at a hotel expecting it to just be like, okay, just another night and then we'll get on the road. And it's, I suddenly got a random cutscene between two characters where they just have this like little interesting interaction. And it was really cool because it developed their characters in a way that I didn't expect. And it just came out of nowhere. Like some people might not see that, which is really cool and really, uh, uh, unexpected from a final fantasy game nice. so yeah it's doing some really cool stuff that i didn't expect and I, I i'll reserve judgment on a lot of things until i play the whole game because the plot might wind up sucking and mm-hmm. might wind up screwing up in the latter half of the game um but yeah i'm i'm very optimistic so far
1: nice man that's cool when it so and it's so at some point you're going to get a full version of the game then you'll start i over. think so is yeah that, no kind of I work. think
0: I think I can transfer my save yeah file that'd be over. nice <laughs> be hopefully since i yeah. spent
1: all those hours into it but yeah, yeah not yeah. a big deal I have to start over yeah cool man well that sounds good it's cool yeah it's really good uh, what okay, else are you playing yeah. I have another game uh, so I just reviewed house of the dying sun which I think I've talked about on the podcast before but has left early access and is another really good game so now it's official yes it's a, an official released game this is a pc. Space combat sim. I would call it, it's not really a sim. It's a space star fighting, just sort of game where you shoot stuff. Uh, probably closer to something like Tie Fighter than um, than something more sim like like uh, Elite Dangerous. It's really uh, just a really cool game. Uh, have I told you about this game? Do you know about it? Yeah, it's by the guy uh, Mike Tipple, who yeah. used to work at Bungie. Yeah, it's, a one, it's another one-man game, so he's been mm-hmm. working on this forever. It used to be called Enemy Starfighter, and I guess they changed the name, which I initially didn't like, but it's actually kind of grown on me. And yeah, you just it's a really tight, really focused game now. Uh, there are 14 missions. Each mission is really short uh, and right to the point. You're sort of it, there's very little narrative wrapping, but the narrative wrapping is really cool and evocative. It, it feels a little bit Destiny-ish uh, in ways, just because it will say, "The Emperor is dead. Hunt the traitor lords," and you know each mission is just sort of like the brood, the brood mother, and then it'll just have two sentences of flavor text, like, you know, <laughs> Princess what what's her name is trying to train new drones. Princess and Let's her, be. you know, and it's and you're basically just this exterminator sent out by the remnant of the Empire of the Imperial fleet to just kill everybody who organized this coup against the emperor. So you're kind of the bad guy. Like you're um you and your allies are all red on the HUD and the, and the guys you're fighting are all blue because you're evil. Interesting. <laughs> and Interesting. and you just, you're like you like kill their families. And like it's it's really like a kind of a merciless. Wow. Game. Um But you never see any of it. It's all you're just shooting starships out of the air. But it's sort of refreshing, actually, that it has that. And their families are on the starship. There's, well, there's one, yeah, where you're—they're trying to like evacuate their families, or evacuate, uh, get out of there with their with their wow. families, and you just destroy them. <laughs> um, wow. But it's really cool. So, it, um, did you watch the Battlestar Galactica remake? No. So, the ships—it's very influenced by the space combat in that show, where the um, it's the I looked this up for my review. It's the um, the the Colonial Viper Mark II. Is the ship that um, they use? Where it's like a really small, really agile sort of uh, fighter, you know, starfighter. And the th- one thing it can do is you can hit the shoulder button on the controller or the spacebar, and it um, it activates drift. It's called. So basically, you're. F- it's very physics based. You're flying. You're thrusting forwards and shooting forwards. And in a lot of in a lot of games, that means you know you kind of do a pass over a larger target and you're heading straight for them. But because you have to kind of aim where you're also flying. You know, you can, you can only shoot toward what you're flying towards, so at some point you have to pull up. In this game, you can kind of angle down, and if you do it right, you hit drift, and it kills your thrusters, and you keep moving forward on your momentum, but you can re-aim in any direction. So you it's, it's a little, if that makes sense, you kind of, you picture yourself flying straight toward a target, then turning down... Toward, toward the thing you're shooting at and then hitting drift and you go kind of shooting parallel to the thing that you're shooting pointing right at it without flying toward it. And you can kind mm. of do these awesome strafing runs. So it gives you a level of control that's really unusual in this kind of game and works super well. Um, so you'll just get into these really cool fights where you're kind of floating and flipping around Um, and it's just uh, it really feels good to play and then it's just yeah that sounds awesome it's so good man like the levels are super tight and super focused Um, they all end I mean you can probably play all of them in like a couple hours, but then you can replay them on higher and higher difficulties. You unlock more ships. There's there's like a tactical view that you can pop out to and assign targets to different. Like it almost starts to look like a homeworld game, and you can assign targets. The tactical view I find like doesn't really work that well for elaborate strategies, but it's really helpful for the harder fights where you kind of take a guy out and you just can pause it, pop out, figure out what's going on, like who's where, where your objectives are it's just it's amazing that one guy made this game like playing it it's just it has that kind of um just this merciless focus to it just it constantly like he clearly had a really clear vision for like how this game is going to play and how it was going to work and he just delivered it he just iterated on it over and over and over again until it was there and it works man um it's it It's a remarkable game. I'm really... I just am impressed by it in a lot of ways. It's super fun. Mm. And it's good in VR. It's maybe the best... One of the best VR games I've ever played. Is Um, it multiplayer also? No. And I actually really like that about it. It's single player only. it's just single player. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, it's so you can pause it and you can... Like, it's designed... I think the original goal of the game was it was going to be much more randomly generated. Like, missions would be randomly generated and it would be kind of roguelike-ish. And then he... He's got a cool blog where he kind of keeps track of his process. And he said at one point, I think he just decided, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to make it into these sort of discrete, carefully designed challenges instead. And I prefer that a lot. There is a challenge mode that lets you do randomly generated waves of enemies, which is fun as like an addition, but it's actually really cool. Each mission is this sort of very tight thing with one main objective and a couple bonus objectives, and you just have to get in and get out. And um, it just really yeah. He should really try. Really good game. Uh,
0: he should try doing randomly generated planets and maybe do like eighteen
1: quintillion. <laughs> yeah, of them. like I think just yeah, make it the biggest, most ambitious thing ever. It seems like a great approach. It's actually a really interesting counterpoint to something like No Man's Sky or Star Citizen, right. where they're like these huge, ambitious things. Especially Star Citizen, it's being made by a million people and it's <laughs> never going to come out, and it's so ambitious. And this is one guy, and it took him a long time, but. He always, he scoped properly, basically. Like, he always knew what he was capable of, and he made it happen. And uh, the fact that it's a really good VR game and a really good screen game, or that you can play with a joystick or with a game controller or with a mouse and keyboard, and the mouse and keyboard controls are really good, Mm. and it has a tactical view that's functional, and it looks great and runs great, and is it just is really, like, impressive that... That it's so that it's so solid and polished. I really am. Very cool. Yeah. I hope it comes to consoles. I ha, I wonder. I don't know if it will. I haven't asked them or anything. Um, it could very easily though be work on PS4 or Xbox One.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Sony and
1: Microsoft are contacting. And they must and yeah, like, be saying, "Hey, look, let us, let yo, us have your game." So hit us um, up. And I hope it does. so more people can play it cause, But if you have cool. it on PC, I highly recommend it. A really cool game. So yeah. What
0: else are you playing? You you mentioned Mafia Three, so you're yeah, still liking that better?
1: Uh yeah. It's a. It's funny. Um, it's funny because it's it's good in in ways that aren't like the obvious. Ways It's not like the game parts are sort of not great. The AI is bad and it's really buggy and just rough. It just feels unfinished or like, you know, it was rushed. So a lot of the actual mechanics aren't good, but it's... But the story. Yeah, the story's fine. I'm actually like past the intro. So it's just sort of become about uh, Lincoln Clay killing a ton of people and like taking over this gigantic map of the city. So, you, you know, to do that, you just do these very repetitive tasks like go blow up objects in this restricted area or go assassinate this guy in this restricted area or go you know and so you kind of just sneak in and then kill some people or you sneak in and and blow up a thing and uh the stealth mechanics aren't great but they're kind of bad in a way that i don't mind like the ai is really stupid but that's sort of fine when i'm playing it i don't care because i'm not playing it like it's going to be metal gear or um or you know something like that it's uh it's it's just closer to like a sort of crusty game that i can just chill out and play it's like skyrim skyrim uh, stuff Uh, yeah it's not as good as skyrim stuff it's like or it's more obviously flawed they just guys just don't see you sometimes or like it's just not. It, they didn't have time. I don't think to make yeah. it. Yeah, we know. talked about
0: this the other day about yeah. how how they must have been really rushed based on the deadline. Right based on the, the timeline when they actually started. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, and if you can feel that in the game, and so and I don't know if I'll ever finish it, but at the same time, yeah, it's it's sort of just chill because there's 90 things you can do at any given moment. They're all kind of like, oh, go to some cool like you know New Orleans bar or some weird backwater place where people are making moonshine, and it's all kind of like. It's got that that cool aesthetic wrapper on it, and then it's just sort of inoffensive, chill, stealth shooting stuff. That it it's not like it doesn't set my it's world. Funny on fire, it's funny
0: you say it's inoffensive because I thought that they just scream
1: like the N word not every well, every five well, seconds. I, I'm, so I I, well, I mean mechanically inoffensive. Like it's oh. just it's not it's not bad on the level of like you know aliens colonial marines. Like it's not like offensively bad. Yeah, I mean the, that is actually a really interesting thing about the game. I think is. Uh, the way racism? that it really it is real about blackness and about the civil rights movement and about just black community and and what it feels like to be called those things and to be at the fringes of a society in that way that, that I think, like, you know, the modern white dude can't really understand. And it's very cool. Like, they really went for it. It's not, you know, that the easy contrast is with Deus Ex, uh, Mankind Divided, which tried to have this big metaphorical thing about oppression and to talk about you know what it meant to be marginalized and, and but but it would, but it never really said anything about it. It just sort of drew the parallels between the augment the like augmented oppression and real life oppression, but it never really said anything or or like made it impact you in any way where in mafia you feel it much more and it 's mm-hmm. the real thing you know it 's like actually you know American history so it 's it's real in a way it feels uh it, it's really good uh, it's really admirable that they decided okay you know what we're gonna make rather than just make it about italian guys in new orleans or something and use that as a backdrop <laughs> we're gonna actually go for it and you're gonna be um i guess these half black a half black guy in 1968 and also a vietnam vet and just like that's going to be the story. It does make me like playing it because it's interesting. Um,
0: it, yeah. Um, is that what's making you keep playing? Uh, like, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's
1: going to get harder when Watch Dogs comes out and then Dishonored. Like oh there, yeah. There, there are more and more things. Oh, I wonder how that'll, cause Watch Dogs has a black protagonist
0: also. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder
1: as well. I'm, I'm very curious. I'm yeah. I'm probably expecting that it won't have a lot to say, which I guess won't really be the end of the world. Um, It'll be a step up from the last Watch Dogs, which did sort of inadvertently said lots of shitty things. Yeah, um, I mean, if you have a game and it's about totally
0: other, like total other themes, and it doesn't, I mean, it can just have a black protagonist. Yeah, I mean, it'll be about what
1: it's like to be a black protagonist. It'll feel like a missed opportunity if they make a game about a black guy from Oakland and San Francisco and don't get into that at all but yeah it doesn't have to be what the game is about at least not in the mm-hmm. way that mafia is like very clearly about this period of right, time like, and it right narratively right. focuses on that but but also just watch dogs is a big open world game that looks pretty fun and i'm going to be reviewing it and you can only play so many open world games at a time and i think you know i'll probably come back to mafia on and off but i have i have i, I just i feel like i should say that I was initially kind of dismissive of it because it doesn't make a good first impression and it's not a very yeah. polished game, but actually it's a little like, like Mad Max from last year. Um, less polished. That game is actually pretty polished, but it's just kind of this open world game that's a very open world game-ass open Man, world I game. Man, I forgot that game existed. It's similar, Like because we were negative on it, and there were a lot of people who kind of said, well, I liked Mad Max. It was it was chill. I remember Steven, I think, like 100% of it, or he played a lot of it. And yeah. And it was just sort of... It was a pretty fun game. I played it. It was... Fine, it was just, it was just, just, just you know, yet another right. open world right. million icons on the map where you had to just go do the same thing over and over again. And if you don't want that, sure. It's not your thing, but yeah. it, it, you know, Mafia has that going for I it. I will say yeah, Final, Final Fantasy 15
0: pro. is not yet another open world. It definitely feels very much like the yeah. Japanese take and No, yeah, it sounds it sounds different than uh, than yeah. Mad Max or, or other open world games of the same. It's interesting. Watch X2. So do you know when you're getting that? So Ubisoft's actually sending you a review copy, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm not sure. I think we'll get them sometime next. Crazy, hopefully. Good old Ubisoft. Yeah, back back on the level, back back in action. Um, Yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to review it. I think it'll be interesting. It'll be a good. It'll. I'll. I'm looking forward to following up um, on my review of Watch Dogs, which you know took a lot of work and was I think an interesting review because I really didn't like Uh that game for a lot of sort of very specific reasons, and I'm. But I also acknowledged in my review, and definitely since then, that that game had some really cool ideas in it, and the sort of central notion of this sort of splinter cell stealth game, mixed with the ability to manipulate the environment in all these like cool and interesting ways, is really cool. Like that, you know that did you did you play much no, watchdogs or any watchdogs? So it, it there are things that that game did. You know, it was about hacking, and it was it was. Uh, where it actually did sort of transcend the game space it was in in creative ways that really surprised me so that I think I talked about this in my review, but there's one level in that game where you're you have to break into you have to infiltrate a prison to get a guy out or to in, to interrogate a guy to find out what he knows. So you go undercover as a prisoner and you're kind of in there and then there's a point where you kind of can sneak out and you wind up making your way down toward your mission objective, which is way down in the basement and you you hear that the guy is up on the roof, like, exercising. He's having his exercise hour on the roof, but you're fighting your way down, and you finally wind up fighting your way down into the basement, into the server room, and you hack into the computer in the basement, and that lets you see the cameras that are looking up on the roof, and then you use the security system and the cameras to manipulate what's happening to the guy on the roof so that you can get him alone, like, somewhere else in the prison. And it's that kind of thing that's really cool, like, that you're basically moving one direction in the space, but because it's about hacking, and, like, you can hack from anywhere, and like you know, the internet gives you magical powers over everything. Um, it actually lets you reimagine your space as sort of a second right. space, the digital space that exists on top of the physical space in the game world. Yeah. which is a co- really cool
0: idea. Yeah, right? I, I think I, I think that uh, just like looking at the history of AAA video games, I, I think it's increasingly rare, and we almost shouldn't expect new IPs to be like really great. We should always just expect them yeah. to be like <laughs> you need the, the, the starting sequel. points for iteration because if game development is all about iteration right on like a smaller level like Mm -hmm. you just keep iterating this one feature until it's fun just keep throwing it out and trying it and throwing it out and tweaking and trying and trying until it's fun then on kind of a macro level it's the same with one game to another where you're just iterating higher level decisions because with the first game you don't have time to iterate those higher level decisions because you have to just make them and then go with them whatever even if they take you in in bad directions, um, but with the second game you can be like, "Oh, that didn't work, so let's do this." I feel like more so than with like movies or any other form of media where you really know what you're doing the first time around because there's a formula you can follow. With games, it's it's it takes one
1: one time. It seems that way. Right? I mean, I, I feel like we've seen that so many. There are so many famous examples of that too. Like Assassin's Creed is the. Most famous one, uncharted there. like everything, and even Titanfall, Titanfall Two, yep. we were just talking uh, about. Yeah. I mean that, you know. I mean, in some ways, there there are things people Look like at Uncharted about the first compared game, to Uncharted 2. definitely iterates. Yep, Uncharted Two, good example. And yeah, I just from what I've heard of Watchdogs do, it seems like in a lot of ways it's doing a lot. It's taking some of the ideas from the first game and doing Which makes them. you and think then also that. also, just uh, Dishonored Two is just going to be the best game ever because I, it's. I think Dishonored Two is going to be pretty good. I don't know anything about it. All I know, all I've watched of it is that one E3 uh-huh. demo where she was traveling she was like opening portals to a parallel dimension and moving through the dimension yeah. and then popping back out behind dudes. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. This It was cool. like the Bioshock infinite uh, thing that yeah. got scrapped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where Elizabeth yeah, exactly. Goes, it, opens it reminded me tears, of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, didn't I, I feel like I actually did a comparison we have to make between Bioshock infinite and dishonored. I'm pretty sure that that was published on Kotaku because there are these sort of narrative similarities between the Interesting. two things. Um, Dishonored and blows really it out remember. of the water. Well, yeah, I think that was I think that was my takeaway at the end was I would rather be playing Dishonored yeah. than BioShock Infinite. Um, but yeah, although you I that feel like
0: I I feel like there's been so much negative like uh, uh, blowback to BioShock Infinite, mostly because of the story and because it had so little to say. Um, but the game itself was actually pretty fun. I remember having
1: a good time like shooting bosses and stuff. No. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like the gameplay no it was so spammy and so loud it just felt like I was being like shouted at by people the whole time. I remember showing you there were was so wasn't many enough.
0: cool abilities that you could do I remember that
1: having weird yeah but it was activities. so hectic and I, and it was the same Bioshock problem they've always had where you kind of just get one ability and just use that the whole time and it doesn't really like the the encounters aren't really designed you didn't like to shooting dudes while you're on the skyhook, like shooting George Washington robots from the skylines. Yeah, I like it conceptually, but I don't think it felt very okay, good. It was just—it's very—it was just kind of too. Uh, the the feel just wasn't quite there. For fair me, enough. Uh, compared to other similar games where you do similar stuff. But
0: yeah, but Dishonored was was so fantastic the first time around that I can't even imagine like the second time. That... Yeah.
1: Though I mean, remember too that Dishonored had a few really good levels, but also there were some bummer levels in there. There's like that sewer level where you're That's having shoot yeah. those stupid plants that yeah. shoot at you and yeah, 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 yeah. and even toward the end it just kind of becomes a little bit of a slog and sure. it did have that issue where it was really fun to play it where you killed people because you had a million different tools right. abilities to le- use yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you played non-lethal you had like two things that you can use and so i'm guessing that all that stuff will be dramatically improved mm. in the sequel and it'll probably handle the whole chaos Killing people, not killing people. This might be things that they've already said in dev diaries, yeah. I don't know, but I'm guessing they'll handle that a little bit differently. And just two protagonists is cool because it means you can play the game twice and get a, you and know, get a different totally, experience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm psyched. I'm looking really forward to psyched. it. I'm looking forward to both of yeah. them. Um, Watchdogs as well. Yeah, I think that's those are the two. Man, those are the two games that will get me through the first months of the Trump presidency. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah.
0: Cheers. It's gonna be uh I think Dishonor two is actually about President Trump. It's about uh going and uh, uh trying to save the world from from
1: uh <laughs> It's like the dead zone. Yeah. Um
0: so nice. we have more, uh, yeah, we have a little time for questions. like one question or two questions. Let's see. Let's do it. Um okay. All right, here's a good one. This is from Matt. Matt says kirk and jason i've heard you guys talk quite a bit about final fantasy 14 i've never played it in fact the nearest thing to an mmo i spent any time with is, is destiny and i spend far too much time in destiny i do have a long history <laughs> with the traditional offline final fantasy games though so i'm curious should i check out final fantasy 14 is this a good time to start in as a new player what would my experience as a solo solo player be like at this point in the game's lifespan kirk what do you think Oh man, I think
1: this is a question for you. You played way more FF14 than <laughs> well, I have. Well, I'm
0: curious to hear your thoughts cuz you played it by yourself. Um, well, okay, I guess I can start off. So, I think Final Fantasy 14 is fantastic and I've played it pretty much almost entirely alone other than with Kirk a tiny bit. Um, just like a little bit of dungeon crawling. Uh, I think we played Mm -hmm. a couple dungeons Mm -hmm. together. But most of it I play by myself, and I play through the whole story by myself. I would say that, first of all, you have to be ready for a time commitment because it takes a a fair amount of time to level up and to go through all the story quests and explore everything and yada, yada, yada. And second of all, be prepared for a monthly fee because that's the worst part of it is that you have to pay every month, which makes me feel pressured. Like every month I still am getting the notifications saying, you've completed your payment to Square Enix for Final Fantasy XIV. Better go play. Yeah. You better get your yeah, yeah, worth. Yeah, yeah. Which is the worst feeling, because that's the last thing you want to feel like with video games. Like, you have to play something. But regardless, mm-hmm. if you can deal with both of those things, I would say it's as good as any traditional offline Final Fantasy game, because it's got its own giant, sprawling, fantastic story. And it's got a lot of the things that make Final Fantasy, Fantasy uh, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy. Like, it has a lot of uh, references, and cool things, and interesting characters, and so um, Spells and chocobos and all the other crystals, all the other things you would expect from a Final Fantasy <laughs> game. they are references to pretty much everything. Um, the other really cool thing about Final Fantasy 14 is that the dialogue is all exceptionally well written. It's they have such good localizers on the game. It's just like full of humor. I like I it's very rare for me to sit there in an mmo the one the only other mmo i played is world of warcraft way back in the day and i just skipped through every story and dialogue line because it was like whatever but in this i'm sitting there Mm -hmm. reading every single line because they're genuinely funny and entertaining and fun to read and really interesting um so yes i would highly recommend Final fantasy 14 if you can uh, uh deal with the the time and money sinks of that game what do you think cool based on ah, your yeah. small experience of it
1: i had fun with it i mean I, I always have a hard time with it just because mmos don't feel great to play to me like this just because the combat is not really, really like you know it's it's very light and floaty and it just yeah kind of has that that mmo quality to it which i think once you get into the groove of it which i have a couple times in that game it stops really mattering i stop caring because it has a different feel mm-hmm. but for me, that was always the thing that kind of kept me from wanting to play more. It's just that feeling of disconnect yeah. uh, between your your character and with the world. But, yeah, I had a totally had a good time playing. There was so much to do, and it's so, you know, the story seemed cool like from what I played of it. And the music is great, and it's just a really nice game to play. I'd say oh, yeah, the music give is it fantastic. A shot. Do you have to buy it? Is it a $60 game you have to buy and then... You also. Pay I don't know what they're selling the it hours. for now, but yes, you you do mm-hmm. have to buy. It. It's not free to play. Um, yeah. but,
0: so it's an investment. Yeah, but it's I don't know what they're selling it for now. I'm sure there's a bundle you can get mm-hmm. with Heaven's Ward, the new expansion, and then there's another expansion mm-hmm. they just announced is coming in uh, next year, spring or summer or something like that but uh yeah the music i forgot to mention and also it all looks really pretty it's not as it's not mm-hmm. super high graphical fidelity like it doesn't you're not going to look at the textures and be like holy shit like uncharted 4 quality textures but it's mm-hmm. all really beautifully designed and the art is really beautiful there's a lot of interesting things to see i also really like listening to podcasts while playing it's a really good podcast game
1: yeah it's a nice chill out game i would and honestly, like my main thing with FF14 is I don't play it, but if I were going to play one MMO, I'd play that one. That's that's probably the... the that my that would be how I yes, would endorse yes. it because I there I wouldn't really play any other yeah novels. but I would play that I one. think it's so the that's... easiest
0: one to play single player because you don't have mm-hmm. to even Destiny I wouldn't recommend playing unless you have people that you can play it with mm-hmm. um, I guess it's fine to play through the story single player in Destiny
1: but uh, uh, yeah you just miss out on some of the right cool the
0: raids are what you can. really want to play for and also the real reason to play is to compete with your friends and be like. Keep, like staying up to date with them in terms of light level and like feeling mm-hmm. pressured because you're not high enough for trials. And yes, they, uh, this is the yeah. This
1: is the best reason to play it <laughs> to feel pressured and to compete with your. friends. But
0: yeah, fourteen is uh, is really good, and this conversation is making me want to go back and play it, even though I don't have even the slightest bit of time <laughs> to, to go 15, and play, you have to play. Fifteen, man. Um, you got enough final man, fantasy on you. Yeah, plan. at some point after I finish this fucking book, albatross of a book that's that's you're tying do me it. down. It
1: feels that way now. You're gonna yeah, get it no, done. Yeah, no, I know I I have, But me. after
0: that. I'm just looking forward to like taking a few days and just doing nothing but playing yeah. final fantasy 14 and zoning out. And cause I had, yeah. I uh, before, uh, or when I last stopped playing final fantasy 14, I just gotten up to heaven's which everyone says is mm-hmm. incredible. And cause there's a bunch of story stuff between the main story ending and then heaven's word. And I'd finished all that. It was like 10 hours worth. Um, so I'm really excited to actually play heaven's word, but I haven't yet. Nice. Yeah. Everyone says it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's um, cool. how are we doing on time? Yeah, we have time for one more question. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you have them open or should I just read this? Oh, no, I don't have them open. Okay, go ahead. Um, Chuck says. Hey guys, first of all, love the show On to my question, as someone who has always wanted to but never actually picked up Destiny is it worth it, or should I hold out for the eventual Destiny 2? I feel as without the two years of playing behind me, I would lack the nostalgia factor that's present in Rise of Iron, that Kirk mentioned in his latest review, which was sublime, by the way, and would therefore be ultimately lacking in my overall experience playing the game. There's also the fact that I don't really have any friends who play the game don't have any friends who actually play the game depriving me of the social aspect as well so I leave my ultimate destiny, destiny to you guys, yay or nay?
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, I say, go for it, man. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think there's plenty go there. For especially it, if man. you can find it on, if you can find it on sale. Like, wait, maybe hang out until it's on some Black Friday deal. Yeah. I bet there's gonna be some like forty dollar deal where for 40 bucks you get everything you get, yeah a, that's a that's a, it's nice a crazy deal, deal. Yeah. i mean and even if you only just play through single player stuff and only play it for a few weeks that's still a great deal and it's a really that's fun funny game. so one and of then... my
0: close friends sorry to interrupt you so one of my close no. friends phil he plays or he got destiny he's not like a huge gamer but he got destiny and he's been just kind of casually playing it by himself so sometimes i'll see him online and he's like light level <laughs> 160 or something like that i'm like what because he's mm-hmm. the only person i know who only plays it casually and hasn't ha- yeah. doesn't actually play with other people and hasn't gotten up to rise of iron stuff et cetera, et cetera. it's really funny to see it but he seems to be enjoying it so yeah i think a lot of people play it for different reasons
1: it's and it's just it's a fun kind of fundamentally fun game with like it's like final fantasy 14 it's like a good it's got good music it's fun to play you kind of blow up cool aliens and you know the taking king has actually got a good story like so it is sort of a relatively there's good. one good story at least in there yeah the thing <laughs> like, the difference
0: between this and final fantasy 14 is that the writing in final fantasy 14 is actually worth reading and this it's just yeah. kind of like whatever i mean yeah I, and also if you're into pvp at all even with strangers then it's definitely mm-hmm. worth playing because the pvp yeah. is really great or even if you don't think you are but you you want to give it a chance it's a really good competitive pvp game to play because it doesn't take the same sort of twitchy shooter skills as a call of duty or battlefield Game does, right. so or Titanfall. As Titanfall, I've been, yeah. As I've been, reminded, are you bad at man, Titanfall?
1: No, I'm pretty good. I'm, I do fine. I'm definitely positive. It's actually interesting. Like I, 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 don't know how to check my overall KD, but it's positive. But it's, it's definitely like the, the, the time to kill is really low compared to Destiny yeah. because you just wipe people out. Um, so it's much more like you see somebody, you probably got them. If right. They, if they Destiny is shooting, more strategic, which different. I like a
0: lot. Yeah. It's more like, yeah. oh, what weapon should I use in this scenario and making those split second mm-hmm. decisions? Should I switch to a shotgun? Should I throw a grenade at this guy? So, in that sense, And there are so many abilities. Yeah.
1: It's so, you know, so many different abilities you can use at, at any given moment or you can be up against at any given mm. moment. It, yeah. 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 It's very, very varied. So, yes is the answer. Yeah. Overall answer is yeah, dude. Just do it. Yeah, dude. You'll have do fun. It.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's about it for us yeah, for we can, today. We can wrap it up. Um next week we will have a new president yep <laughs> your eyes just started bulging are you feeling <laughs> vote, stressed everybody. out go vote are you feeling stressed just,
1: uh, be sure that you vote if you're 18 just a
0: few more days until it's over
1: yeah I'm just chilling playing video games I
0: mean what list. happens if if Donald Trump becomes the next president of the United States he outlaws video games day do one. our lives become yeah. drastically different that's the big question uh, I I feel like our, I don't know. Do you want to you want to get into this during the during, during the, the wrap outro? up of our video game I'm podcast? Just, I'm just musing <laughs> for a second. I'm trying to think of like so right away the economy would kind of have a, a giant giant tank. Uh, it mm-hmm. would like the all the stock markets would go down at least a few dozen points. Um,
1: so we would lose money right away. Um, well, I would say that for you and me, the only group that Trump has attacked that we are a member of is journalists, so I wouldn't well, be Jews. for journalists, but, oh yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, huh? so I'm I'm um, kind of in the crosshairs on that. End. That's true, but not being an immigrant, not being Mexican, not being black, not being, you know, it is easier to not feel, like, totally scared about that right. personally, right? But, uh, but it's still a pretty harrowing prospect. Right, no,
0: but I, I'm just trying to think of, like, what would actually happen practically over the next few months
1: if that happened. I think, well, every video game console in the country would, just would be erase like every save that. game. <laughs> yeah, it would wipe itself. Oh, man, but next week we're going to have protest. two
0: new consoles, too. Oh, you can't talk about the PlayStation Pro, right? No, I have one, but I'm, uh,
1: yeah. You're embargoed.
0: Oh, so next week we'll talk yeah. about that and the mini NES, which we, we just got one in the office. So I'm
1: curious yeah, to yeah. um We can do a, do a hardware, hardware-themed post-election extravaganza. Cool. That'll be great.
0: As always, you can reach us at splitscreen at com. Yes. And don't forget to leave us nice reviews on iTunes and subscribe and do all those nonsensical things that help our <laughs> podcast grow. Our most recent episode was the biggest one yet, so thank you all for listening yeah. and people like Nintendo stuff. We'll talk more about Nintendo. Yeah, Got to talk about Switch every every week. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. I will talk to you later, Kirk. All right,
1: see ya.